思います。Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Guy Podcast. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, 2017. Let me give a couple shout-outs before we start. Uh, let me remind everybody that this Saturday, March 25th, you can see Wade Barrett at the Wrestling Guy store, 6085 State Street in Huntington Park. And also, let me give a shout-out to BannerBros.com. That's B-A-N-N-E-R-B-R-O-Z.com. Let me welcome my guest. He is... The Freak Show Wrestling Master, <laughs> Sin Bodhi. Hi, Sin. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Cool. Thanks. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm glad we finally got the, the sound working. We finally got this scheduled, huh? <laughs> it's all good. Life is filled with technical difficulties. Exactly. <laughs> Let me, you know what? I wanted to ask you. I want to come right out the gate and ask you about Freak Bring Show it. Wrestling. And, uh, Bring it on. I wanted to know more about it because, you know, the first time I heard about it, it, it was, uh, it took me by surprise because I didn't know what to expect. And then I had some people tell me about this giant octopus and people have described it as a, uh, <laughs> as a freak show, carnival wrestling show. So I don't know. You tell me a little more about it. Okay. Well, freak show is basically, um, you know, what's playing inside my mind and it is everything that I love and hate and I'm bored and I'm amused by in pro wrestling and in life. So sometimes there's funny stuff, sexy stuff, scary stuff, weird stuff, um, you know, holy crap stuff. There's all sorts of different things. And sometimes, you know, sometimes freak show pushes the envelope with serious things. Sometimes it's completely ridiculous. You know, we mix serious and funny because I think that's kind of what planet earth and life does, you know, you know, one tragic thing happens and then one really hilarious thing happens and then right. something else happens and something else. So I think life is a roller coaster. Life is imitating art in that respect. And that's sort of how I look at freak show. And I think, uh, you know, everybody that comes to the live shows always walks away going, Holy crap, that was super fun. I didn't see that coming. And this was crazy. And this was the weirdest thing ever. And this is so fun and all this kind of stuff. But I do understand how, you know, maybe to the average bear, it might be a little scary or daunting to see it for a first glance. Right. You know, I've had a lot of people come up to me and confess saying, you know, when I first saw it, I thought it was a little too out of the box, a little too crazy. But when I went and watched it, I really had fun. I really laughed a lot. I was impressed with, you know, how athletic the guys were mixed with how silly or crazy or weird or scary or whatever different performers were. So I'm very proud of that, that, you know, just giving performers a platform where they can be a little out of the box, a little avant-garde, so to speak. And, you know, I, I was talking with Kevin Sullivan not too long ago and, and he was saying, you know, I'm a traditional guy. I came onto your show. I didn't know what to expect. And, but he was, you know, clever enough. And he's, he's one of the most clever wrestlers I've ever met in the sense to know how to adapt. Like, I was always a big kayfabe guy. Right. You know, maybe doing seminars or, or whatever, you know, 10 years ago. Or, or, you know, talking about that stuff on social media. You know, I was pretty kayfabe kind of a guy. Right. But I think, you know, wrestling needs to evolve. And. I think every era, when you look back on it, you think, oh, what a great, wonderful era. That was really awesome and innovative. But when those eras are birthed, they're always met with trepidation and hesitation and, you know, judgment or what have you. Like, 
the ECW era or the Attitude Era or so forth. When those things were first blooming, people were like, oh, there's no room for, you know, um, you know, adult content in, in wrestling for the Attitude Era, or there's no room for all this, you know, hardcore craziness, you know, in the ECW. Right. Back on. Right. So I think, you know, Free Show, again, again, kind of feeling validated, like Kevin Sullivan or Jake the Snake or Dr. Tom, like veteran guys that have done my show. And they're all like, you know, this is, you know, as crazy or silly, as ridiculous as parts of it can be, the psychology is on point, you know, compared to most indie shows that are, you know, quote unquote, you know, normal wrestling. Right. I think, you know, I, I did a seminar at CAC last year when they asked uh, me and a couple guys to talk about like the fringe style of pro wrestling, which rib, because really, you know, pro wrestling is there to tell a story within the smoke and mirror parameters of you know, good guys and bad guys and so, so forth. So, you know, is over the top or as vanilla, for lack of a better term, as characters want to get, it's still essentially, you know, stories and characters. And that's really the long and short of what pro wrestling is. Right, it's right. the story of good and vehicle, good and good and evil through the vehicle of pro wrestling. That's yeah. what it is. And I think whether it's, whether it's freak show or, you know, there's a lot of other great cousin shows to Freak Show. There's, you know, Hood Slam and Chikara and all these different avant-garde shows. Right. But, I mean, if there wasn't, if there wasn't differences, that would be like watching the same TV show over and over. Like, if you tuned in to watch Friends, Family Guy, um, you know, a Lego movie and uh, Star Wars, different movies, different TV shows, if they all had the same characters why do you need to watch different shows? You know, you're, you're satiating different flavors. You're quenching your, your tastes and flavors with different products. So you can, you know, have diversity and enjoy yourself. Bottom line. Yeah. And I, and I think you came in at a good time because when you, I, I know when I first heard a freak show, it was during the time, like you said, where everything, it seemed like wrestling was all the same. All the indie shows were the same. WWE was the same. And it seems like you, came in at a time that we were all asking for something different. And, uh, well, I've had, I've had the odd, uh, the odd fan and the odd wrestler, you know, uh, you know, I, if you don't, okay. If you don't like thinking out of the box or you don't like freaks of wrestling or you don't like this or that or the other, that's fine. That's no problem. Right. But I think if you are so obtuse that you are not open to the possibilities of whatever, be it wrestling or otherwise, then you're kind of cutting your own nose to spite your face. Like you're not, letting yourself see or experience or feel things like, you know, if a, if a little kid's too scared to go outside and play, how are they ever going to go and see the, you know, the wonders of what's outside the front door, you know, right. you right. know, if you don't let your, you know, as they say, like yeah, everybody's alive, but not a, only a few people really actually live, you know? So artistically, I kind of feel like that about freak show wrestling. Like if you look at AJ Styles, Boogeyman, King Kong Bundy, Rey Mysterio, uh, Ricochet, Joey Ryan. Mm -hmm. They are nothing alike, mm -hmm. but they are exactly the same in the sense that they are characters. You know, that is what they are. Maybe some are a little more over the top, some are sillier, some are scarier, some are, you know, this, that, and the other, but they are all essentially wrestling characters. Just because AJ Styles doesn't eat worms or carry a parrot or wear a face paint doesn't mean he is not a caricature onto himself in the wrestling ring. Right. And Freak right. Show just sometimes highlights that a little bit more, you know, ridiculously than others. You know, hence the invisible steel cage match or the Michael Jackson knife fight or, you know, stuff, stuff that you might not see on a conventional wrestling show. 
You know? I, I like the invisible steel cage match. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that was Brian Kendrick and Mariachi Loco. And that was that was one of the cage matches, and I I was thoroughly, you know, I, I was so happy and inspired to see both of those guys tackle that with such playfulness, and that's what wrestling is. This is fun. This is fun. Right. And I, I remember, and I, I've given the, uh, you know, given the kind of props to Hector Canales for this, where backstage, uh, mm-hmm. I was, you know, running around, you know, doing everything that I'm doing. And I guess Mariachi Loco kind of just didn't know what to do. Right. And he, you know, Hector had done a few freak shows. So he asked Hector, he's like, how am I going to pull this off? Like, what does Tim want me to do? And Hector gave him the greatest answer ever. He said, go out there and pretend like you're 10 years old again. Like, what would you do if you're in a, in a freaking invisible cage match? You know, and, and I guess the light bulb went off on Mariachi Loco, and he went out and killed it. Him and, and Spanky both, you know, had a great match, and it was hilarious, and it was fun, and it was athletic, and it was ridiculous, and it was everything Freaks of Wrestling should be. I, I was watching it on, uh, I believe I saw it later on, like, a YouTube clip, and, and I think somebody put it up on, like, an Instagram for, like, a couple seconds, and I was laughing because... Unless you really pay attention, they played it off so well. You didn't. You really thought they were in a cage. <laughs> that's right, absolutely, and that's the whole suspension of disbelief. Like, uh, I wrestled Techno Destructo, who is one of the original creators of the rock band Guar. We wrestled uh, in an invisible steel cage match at again another cousin show, a really wonderful show up in NorCal called Hoodslam. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of the fans know exactly what it is. It's a tremendous show, and we did the invisible cage match up there for the first time ever. And I mean, people were chanting like, Holy crap. And this is awesome. And this is, this is real. That was the chant that kind of amused me, you know, as I'm getting clobbered by techno destructors, big giant space wrench, you know, that's like six feet long, right. you know, I'm literally climbing the, instead of climbing up the ropes or the turnbuckles to get back to my feet, I'm climbing up a cage that is not there, you know, at least to the mortal human's eye, right. you know, and, and, um, uh, we had the the sound effects, you know, so people could hear the clanging of the the cage and all that stuff, and people were giggling and chanting, and you know, I remember even Abrosif, the announcer, who was phenomenal, you know, he had sort of emceed that whole thing, like uh, you know, kind of getting getting the the mood set, so he had everybody at Hood Slam, you know, everybody comes right up to the not just past the guardrail, but they come right up to the ring apron, right? So. Bro- Everybody, stand back as we lower the invisible cage match. The invisible cage is very dangerous. We're not losing fingers or whatever. And all 100 people backed up a foot, let the cage drop, and started shaking the, the fence of the cage, chanting, This is awesome and this is real. And you know, that's what pro wrestling should be just fun, right? That's, that's what I think was missing a lot. And it, it was not fun anymore, it was the same old thing. and 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 the way I found out about Freak Show, I mean, I seen some some ads, but the way I found out about it was, I believe we had uh, Shelly Martinez came into the store to do a signing, and she mentioned something about a giant octopus going in the ring, and I'm like, what are you <laughs> talking about? And then we had, uh, a guy, yeah, and then true. we had a guy named Rocket Boy uh, Wilson, and he was talking about, uh-huh. I guess he did something, and he mentioned the giant octopus, so I said, you know what, I gotta see what the hell they're talking about. So I, I went on YouTube and I saw this and I saw like, I don't know how big it was, but it just took up the whole ring. And I think everybody's like fighting to get out of the octopus's way, if I remember exactly. My favorite my favorite thing watching from backstage, just sort of directing all that shenanigans. JT. Like, you know, he literally jumped into his arms like a bride being carried over the throat. 
right. and kind of going, you know, WTF, you know, they're literally in the middle of a battle royal watching a giant. They were giggling. They were like little kids. And it was very, very, you know, rewarding to me to see a couple of my buddies come and do something that would never to see them do otherwise, right. you know, and really kind of kindergarten cop them, take these big, you know, muscular ass kicking guys and put them in a really playful situation. And I think what people, you know, especially see some people that are kind of too smart for their own good or too, you know, if, if you go and see Will Ferrell do something ridiculous in a movie or you see, you know, uh, some certain actor be too scary or too funny in a, in a comedy or a horror movie or what have you, you just go, Oh, that's what they did. I just saw Will Ferrell put his balls on this other guy's drum set. You know, ah, oh, that's funny. Or, oh, he's an elf. Or, oh, he's this, or he's that. Or he's a figure skater, whatever. It's ridiculous. So why why isn't wrestling any different of a form of entertainment? Why isn't there, you know, the big wild guy or the guy from outer space or the, you know, the fruity guy or the vampire guy or the robot guy or the whatever girl or the whatever midget or the whatever octopus? You know, it's just all... If you saw a giant octopus attack a wrestling ring in a movie, you'd go, oh, cool, that's funny or that's crazy or weird or interesting or creative. You know, but to see it in the guise of what you think pro wrestling should be is always kind of a funny, you know, funny predicament to see how people's thought processes, you know, take in something they just haven't seen before. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I think you had, oh, you've also had what, an alien invasion? <laughs> we sure did. Thanks to D'Lo Brown. The earth is still safe from uh, invading aliens. So thank you, D'Lo Brown, for that. <laughs> I saw my favorite character in that. I think it was Marvin. Somebody was Marvin the Martian. I was like, oh, my God. I see yeah. That. Well, yeah. Somebody had to somebody had to direct traffic for the invading aliens. Why wouldn't it be Marvin the Martian? And why wouldn't D'Lo Brown be cool enough and open minded enough to save planet Earth, you know, for all of its uh, inhabitants? And, uh, you know, a bunch of great wrestlers uh, got together and put on a hell of a show, and it was fun. That's it. If you look around on the footage of Freecher Wrestling, look at the audience. Watch them smile, watch them laugh, watch them taking selfies and pictures and just documenting and going, oh, my God, this is crazy, and you're literally scratching their heads and giggling like kids, you know? Like, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about. And it's funny, like, there's been so many great wrestlers that have been on Freak Show, and you might not even realize, like, in that Alien Invasion match, like, we had five wrestlers all dolled up as... As aliens, and whether real aliens exist or not, I don't know. I'm open-minded enough to think possibilities, but I do know one of those aliens. Age, you know, you know, or had had Brian Kendrick under a hood, or this guy under a hood, or that guy under a hood, or doing funny stuff just to just to goof around and say they did it, and you know, sometimes don't even realize they're there. They're just being silly, you know, because we're all a bunch of giant kids. Yeah, and that's that's what wrestling should be, like you said. That's what I tell people. Like wrestling should be fun. It shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be dissecting every episode of Lucha Underground or every episode of Raw or SmackDown and just watch it. And have well, it's, fun. as silly as it is, like I love, like I love Marvel movies and DC movies. I love superhero movies, right. but I'm not going to go and cry and squawk. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that uh, Spider-Man's web shooters came out of his wrist and not out of his web shooters. Like, I just want to enjoy the movie. Right. And, you know, parts that I'm going to like better than others, some parts I might not like, but I'm not going to squawk about it in the sense that, man, these guys put an effort into creating something really fun. Right. You know, there's always uh, maybe, you know, things that could be improvements or what have you. But essentially, you know, the Spider-Man movies or the Avenger movies or Wolverine or whatever, were all really cool. You know, like, there's always things that can be done better. 
just like in wrestling, you know, I mean, how many times have you seen WWE do something great? And how many times have you seen WWE drop the ball? Right. Same with any wrestling company, any wrestler. There's brilliant wrestlers out there I've seen do stupid things. You know, and I'm right at the front of that list. Like, I've got no problems to say. You know, I've tried so many things, thrown so many things against the wall. Some work, some don't work. You know, and that's, you know, that's the, the, the ups and downs about being a performer. Yeah, yeah. No, and, you know, I, I see, you know, what I wanted to ask you is, like, when you have, like, guys, like, I think you've had Cody Rhodes, you've had uh, Rikishi, you've had Jake the Snake, Adam Rose, Gangrel, you, just to name a couple, Katarina Waters on, on Freak Show. Yeah, and you know you see them on TV, and you kind of when you see them on TV, you're like, okay, they're real serious. How f- much fun do they have afterwards? <laughs> after I'm, I'm sorry, bro. Show. You were you were just you were just cutting out right there. I didn't hear what you just said. Viva you know, technology. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when you have guys like Cody Rhodes and and Katarina Waters and and Rikishi and Shelly and all them, and and you present them the show, and at first you like you said they probably look at you like okay, and then after they do the freak show. How much fun do they actually, do they tell you they had doing the show? Because I'm sure they had a blast. Oh, oh man, I've had I've I've literally a joke and say like I bullied some of my friends into being on the show that might not have done something like that otherwise, and some of them are begging to get on the show. So different people have different mindsets, and some people are just some of them are like, hey, I'm your buddy, I'll come on. It looks crazy, shaking their head, kind of giggling like, what the hell? Right. But every single one of them leaves going, holy crap, that was one of the funnest things I ever did. You know, like we had John Morrison dress up as Jesus and he wrestled Santa Claus. You know, we had Chavo Guerrero wrestle the Invisible Man. You know, all sorts of just ridiculous things. We had Rikishi, uh, we hypnotized Rikishi where we turned him back into a wild Samoan. Wow. You know, <laughs> we took Gangrel and put him, uh, was, to this day, is one of my funnest matches, possibly my favorite match, just for the sheer fun factor of it, was Gangrel and I did a Michael Jackson knife fight where we literally taped our hands together and had a couple of legitimate machetes there's no rubber no triple h you know sledgehammers it was a real machete right and we literally hit, beat it over the loudspeakers and we danced around and clanged and banged and you know fanged and banged i suppose is probably more accurate and you know we flung each other here and there and we were attached to the wrist and armed with machetes and a vampire and a circus clown duking it out to the death while michael jackson's playing over the loudspeakers i mean how much more fun do you get you know right. <laughs> I, I i love it I, lo- I have to, I have to, I haven't been to Vegas yet, but I have to get myself out there one day. And I, that's the first thing I want to do is try to get out there and watch a show. Cause I, I, I see it on YouTube. I see the clips and everything. And I'm like, Oh, I got to get out there. Cause it just looks so much fun. And I have, I have a mountain of this footage that I've really like Dave Marquez. I should let Dave Marquez just punch me in the face for having all of this great footage and not neglecting it, but just not having the time to, get it out there in its proper form. I, I just didn't want to just have like matches cut on three angles and spit out into the galaxy or just have one angle out on YouTube or whatever, you know, a fan cam or something right. like uh, my vision of free show when it comes to being seen on television or YouTube or what have you is, is, you know, turning it into something between the Muppet show and SmackDown and family guy and robot chicken and all these different things kind of smashed together. So, so there's crazy effects and, little funny weird cartoon things and little kind of pop-up mtv pop-up style segments and just the weirdest funnest thing so you know it doesn't even need to be a wrestling show there is just fun weird wrestling within this crazy fun weird show within this crazy weird fun universe right i I, i'm telling you i'm gonna get out there um you know i was gonna one of my favorite characters you have is 
is Gadolf Hitler. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but he's my favorite one. That's on the. That's he's every he. Everybody's but he is everybody's favorite. And when we had him debut, that was going to be a one-off character. Like, I wrote that character a long, 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 long time ago and just thought, who could I possibly saddle in with this? Who's got the, the balls and the creative chops to pull this off? Right. And I finally discovered uh, Triz Fritz, who is, you know, he was a struggling kind of wannabe hardcore style of wrestler, always being neglected by the hardcore guys and this and that and whatever. And nobody realized his potential. Like, he's a comedic genius. Yeah. Like I would have him on as a character called Mind Freak, and we would put him in. He was actually in the very, very, very first Invisible Cage match. We put him in there with another mime, and we did a, like a mime on mime violence. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was funny as hell. Like I couldn't stop. I was in tears the whole time laughing, and I just thought, you know what? I bet you he could pull this off. And I pitched him on it, and he, he just looked at me. He's like, I can do that. And I just thought, you know, everybody was telling me when I was plugging that character for the Valentine's freak show, the be mine Valentine. Everybody's like, Oh, are you pushing it too far? Are you pushing the envelope? I'm like, hell no. Like, how do you know how far you're going to go? If you don't push the damn envelope. Right. So we did it. And I thought it'd be, you know, a one-off thing. And we had the ghost of macho man kick his ass. And we thought that would be a, also a one-off thing. And both the characters did great. And we brought them back and, you know, Gadoff has been pretty much the main, you know, he should be a main heel, but really technically he's a main babyface because he is weird like crazy. You know, people just love to hate him, and they just they laugh, and they giggle, and they're just taking photos nonstop with him, and he does the most ridiculous things. And again, if you saw a character, if you saw Will Ferrell be that character, be Gadolf Hitler in a Will Ferrell movie or a Ben Stiller movie or a Jim Carrey movie, you go, oh, that's some funny shit. Yeah. But to see it in a wrestling ring, it just, it, it doesn't gel with the average bear's logic. You know, people are like, is it, is it anti-gay? Is it anti-this? Hell no. I'm, I'm a wrestler. I'm I don't care, black, white, green, purple, blue, religious, not religious, gay, straight. I don't care what you are. This is, you know, a brotherhood and a sisterhood of performers. Huh. So if, if anything, I think if anything, Hitler should be rolling over in his grave <laughs> that there's a, a gay version of him wrestling, you know. I, I thought I yeah, took if, it if, if I want to piss off anybody here, it's Nazis, not gay people. <laughs> well, I took it the opposite way. You know, I have, a, I have a gay older son. And when I when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is like, to me, you know, uh, accepting you know a gay wrestler because i mean i you know i don't know his sexuality besides what he plays on the on the show but i mean i i took it as a, for for my son you know i didn't get offended i thought it was great i thought it was it was cool you know somebody's putting it out there and he and, he, and, and like you said he's one of the main stars so i took it the opposite way i was like this isn't uh anti-gay this is pro-gay if you ask me absolutely it absolutely is pro it's it's pro-gay it's pro-life pro-creative pro pro-creativity, pro-do-what-the-hell-you-want-to-do and enjoy yourself while you're doing it. For the record, the guy that plays Gadolf Hitler is as straight as an arrow. (laughs) And he's got got a baby, and he's half black. So (laughs) racism racism and homophobes can can shove it where where the oven don't shine, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because that's... Now, I, I did hear on one show, and I'm, because you talked about pushing it too far, when he came out with the Legion of Doom shoulder pads, but instead of the spikes, he had the uh, the sex toys, I'll say. Right, right. Did, did, you, did you get a little heat for that from people, or 
you just like, you know what? We're just Everybody laughed. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. Everybody belly laughed when they saw those shul- when They saw the, the rubber, the rubber dinky shoulder pads were winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> I think the only guy I'm going to have to explain that to at some point is road warrior animal. And I can run faster than him. So that's that. <laughs> now, about pushing the, you also had a, a one character which I did want to ask you because I, I saw this one on TMZ. If I'm not mistaken, it was a the ghost of Whitney Houston. Yeah, that was a one-off character. We actually we had her do a a little cameo here or there, but really that was essentially a one-off character. Um, again, it was just to make people laugh over something that was you know really sad and serious, like. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, whatever you, if you want to call it God, Buddha, universe, science, call it whatever the hell you want. I think a lot of things on planet Earth wouldn't be if the universe, or again, whatever you want to call it, doesn't have a sense of humor. So I think life has got some kind of sixth sense of humor. So I figured, well, if it does, then so should I. And, you know, so of course we had a a, a dead singer wrestle. Why wouldn't we? She won. (laughs) So there you go. You know, she got got over. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she got over, so it wasn't like we, you know, it wasn't like we, we jobbed her out. We totally, you know, she she got the crowd, and that was that. And, and that was also done by a very open-minded, very talented uh, female wrestler. And, you know, uh, there's so many performers that are great, and then sometimes, too, they just get saddled into, you know, not her specifically, I just mean in general, but performers just get saddled into just being this or that or just some kind of safe product that they think is you know what's going to make the masses happy i think with freak show you get to sort of test the waters and and push a little bit and 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 really step out of yourself like there's been many times that people didn't realize it was me under a hood or Mm -hmm. again brian cage under a mask or willie mack or what have you like a lot of these guys it's it's fun to take a vacation from yourself and and you know be a different character i think that's why wrestlers wrestle in the first place just so they can be those superheroes or supervillains and really not get arrested for for real these you know right right and and when you when you come up with like the next show which is on april 29th the hail to the spandex gods uh yes do you just like do, do the ideas just hit you like one night and you're just like you know what i want to try this or i want to do this or i mean how do you get the ideas for what you want to do for the next show but like the maybe top the previous show well, the little hamster in the wheel spinning inside my skull never gets a rest. He is constantly blown up. He is constantly thinking, um, you know, my, my daytime is filled with that very Rain Man-ish, like Tony Stark, you know, and you see him kind of, you know, he's playing with his little hologrammy computers and he's wiping this and moving that across the air. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's touching the, sc- the air screen. That's what my brain looks like. Where if I'm talking to you, I literally see cartoons around you and all sorts of different weird my daytime is pretty outrageous. It's my night. It's my dreams that are pretty boring. Like I have stressful dreams and nightmares. Hey, did I call this guy? Did I email that? Did I pick up this? Did I get, did I get dog food and cat litter and blah, 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 blah. All the real life stuff haunts my dreams. Right. But my daytime is pretty fun. Right. You know, so I'm always thinking of weird, wonderful, you know, things to do with, you know, all these great performers and, and they're all pretty awesome, but kind of letting me, kind of play puppet master with, with them. And some of the characters are, you know, my originals that they saddle into. And some of them are, are already ready-made, you know, brilliant characters like Serial Man, and Drugs Bunny and Techno Destructo and Funny Bone and all these different guys, you know, and then there's guys that are just great athletic wrestlers that saddle into some of my characters, you know, like Black Annie or Useless Aquaman or the Depressler. Like these are all, <laughs> these are all really, really great 
really great athletes and really great wrestlers out and about, and then they step out of themselves and and become these silly characters for a night. And like, I'll tell you one of the funniest things. We had this guy. We dressed him up. Uh, Joe Graves is the guy that played it, mm. and uh, played the depressler. And we had him go up to the ring, and he kind of sulked his way up to the ring, listening to that. Uh, I can't think of the uh, girl's name. It was, the, it was you know the really sad song when they play over like the animal commercials and stuff like that. Oh, Sarah McLachlan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. they play the, the the music that just makes you sound like you just want to eat a shotgun, you know? Like the music just is super depressing. So he, he comes kind of sulking out on stage and kind of shrugging the audience like they're not going to cheer for him, which of course they lose their minds, you know, and things don't go his way. And next thing you know, he's on the ring apron, you know, threatening to jump. And half the audience is <laughs> telling him, don't do it. And the other, the other half is a bunch of sick bastards and telling him, do it, you pussy, and all this stuff. So, right. so it's just a lot of fun. It's just crazy and ridiculous and. Yeah, I, I I like it because you can forget your problems for a day. <laughs> you certainly can, and, you, and that's what wrestling shows are in general. Like you know, again, freak shows maybe a little bit more avant garde than the average wrestling show, but free, but wrestling shows is a mask out session where you can go and not get in trouble while yelling at people and telling, "Oh, this guy, I hate you. You suck. You suck. You suck." You can't go to your work and tell your boss you suck or you're fired. You can't tell your kids you suck or you're a bad parent can't tell your wife or your husband or whoever that you suck or else you're, you know, getting divorced or getting into a fight or something. So this is the only really kind of stage in the world where you can go and just vent, just scream at somebody and tell them you hate them, you love them, blah, 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 you know, say funny crap to them and get away with it and be the class clown. Even if that's not you in real life or what have you, you know, you get to, you get to just let it out. Is there, is there that's what a wrestling show is. Is there anybody that um, that you haven't had on the show that maybe you would love to have, and because you already ha- have an idea of what they could do possibly in a future show? Maybe like I don't know, like a, I'll just throw a name out there. Maybe like a Drew Galloway, or or like a Wade Barrett. Oh, I've got ideas for days for all these those two guys that you just mentioned. They're, mm-hmm. they're longtime road buddies of mine. You know, they're all. They're all silly bastards. We're all silly bastards. I mean, you wouldn't jump around in silly costumes and do what we do if you didn't have a screw loose in some shape or form. You know, like, I would love to have all these guys come on and do different things. I think having the Broken Hardies would be a no-brainer at some point. Right. I think that that would be genius. And not just having them wrestle, you know, some other, you know, popular, cool team. I'd, I would enjoy watching them wrestle, you know, I don't know, a, a monkey and a banana or a... <laughs> you know, a vampire and an astronaut, I don't know, whatever, you know, just, just putting them way out of their wheelhouse and letting, letting them be the sane ones for a change. Right. right. <laughs> I, I think I would love to see that. Honestly, the broken hearty, against a monkey and a banana, I think would be the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not too far off. It's a couple it's uh, everybody in the ring would be technically bananas and they're all a bunch of monkeys. So, you know, that's what we do. Right. Right. Like watching Cody, watching Cody Rhodes, watching his face digest what was happening. amused the hell out of me. I mean, I've wrestled his old man, rest his soul. I've wrestled his brother. I've wrestled him. I was there when Cody took his first baby steps in the ring. So to sort of see him, you know, step into such a surreal place and, you know, we had him do some really ridiculous things. And, you know, I think it was a, it was a different adventure for him and, that was that. I mean, we literally, he was attacked by gay dust. If that tells you anything. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I I have to see you have to get these these uh videos out, these DVDs out or the, these clips on YouTube. I am working on it, but between between my travel schedule and just getting all sorts of stuff, you know, set up with uh well, we're also doing Fantasy Slam, which is really really cool and I definitely like to chat about that. Yeah, yeah. But just between between life, the universe, and wrestling schedules and Fantasy Slam, just getting some of these videos edited the way I kind of artsy fartsily want to get them done is just uh, time is my enemy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm so I'm trying to spit out these videos. I put out some free videos here and there, and then what I will be doing is we will be relaunching like a brand new Fixer Wrestling website very soon, and we'll have all sorts of links to, you know, downloads, some free stuff, some monthly download stuff, and all sorts of really, 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 really cool cool things i just put on my facebook tonight a really fun um i'm going to call them freak show quickies and we just put a little promo with techno destructo and he's in outer space and he's talking about what he thinks about the human race and it's pretty funny and it's pretty ridiculous and um so a lot more of that stuff to follow plus the matches it's just again time is my enemy now, you know what well let's talk about fantasy slam camp because you uh that takes place i know you have a a small session coming up in April, correct? With you, Jake, and D'Lo, if I'm not mistaken? Okay, that is that is a, a wrestling camp for wrestlers. Okay. What that, that specific one that you're talking about, for wrestlers. So, you know, no disrespect to any other schools. I'm a very big advocate of, of all the local schools and just across the country. Some are, have more acclaim than others. Some are are more generic, what have you, but you can learn those moves and you can technically learn what you need to learn mechanically. Right. And, but there's very few schools that I think can give you the psychology of what to do with those moves, when to use them, how to perform those moves, how to make the story come to life, how to get the devil in the details, how to really get the maximum out of what you are doing. And I think that is where a me and a D'Lo and a, certainly a Jake the Snake you know, will come in. I mean, Jake is the master of psychology, and D'Lo was a proven, you know, intercom champ, all sorts of different things. He was an agent at TNA. He was all, you know, he's done all sorts of stuff. And I, I mean, I've got 17 years of experience and I'm the greenest of the three. And I've helped break in uh, ROH champ, Michael Elgin. I've right. helped break in current WWE champ, Bray Wyatt, and all sorts of different champions like Angelina Love and so forth. So I think, I think I kind of know my stuff. Right. Oh, you know, I certainly, I'm humble enough to know. Yeah, I mean, I'm humble enough to know where, you know, where Kazarni fits in the universe of wrestling. But I think all the wrestlers backstage know, I kind of know my stuff. Yeah. So it's like Dr. Tom is one of the greatest trainers ever, who is, again, one of, also one of the guys that helped train me. You know, I think Doc was way more known as a trainer than he was as a pro wrestler. And I think, you know, if that's my cross to bear, so be it. You know, if I'm going to be a puppet master behind the curtain, so be it. I, I love to perform, but if what my knowledge will help bring out in somebody else and create another Crazy Steve or Bray Wyatt or Angelina Love or Jack Swagger or et cetera, et cetera, the list goes on and on. Right. You know, I, I, that's very fulfilling as well. And that's what Freak Show is. Freak Show is just a giant canvas for me to paint on and, and show these guys. Like, I don't have, as dumb as it sounds, like, I don't have a guy in a monkey suit fight a guy in a banana suit on Freak Wrestling. I have a monkey fight a banana, you know, <laughs> so they are agented and directed to act accordingly. You know, why would the lawyer fight the same way as the vampire, same way as 
the robot, same way as the monkey, same way as the banana, same way as God, same way as Satan, same way as a gay Nazi. They all should wrestle very differently and move very differently. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, Ricky Steamboat should wrestle different from George Steele. George Steele should wrestle different from uh, Gangrel, from King Kong Bundy, from Sami Zayn, from Sammy Callahan, from all these different guys. You know, like everybody should be brand and unique. Like, why do you want to, are we going to go watch Flash or Superman or Batman tonight? Oh, they're all the same guy. No, they're not the same guy. They're very, very different characters. Right. Yeah. Why do you want to go see a, a basketball team full of superheroes? all in the same jerseys, all doing the same plays. You know, I want to see characters. I want to see brands. Yeah, and I think that's that's smart. And I, I think that's what a lot of the, the complaints are right now with the current wrestling scene is, except with the exception of like Bray Wyatt, is that a lot of the wrestlers, well, at least in WWE, are almost all the same. You don't really have any difference. And then when you get to like a Lucha Underground, at least it's kind of, they have every wrestler, it's different kind of. And, uh, and I'll, I will go on record and say I think Lucha Underground is, is the best wrestling show currently. You know, I think there's certain things, obviously, again, just like those superhero movies, there's, there's you know, things that can be added, fixed, switched, changed, whatever. But I think pound for pound, it's the coolest show that I've watched in a very, very long time. Yeah, and, I, and I, I think it's because, like you said, everybody is their own brand. Everybody is different. Everybody wrestles different. Every You don't have... Prince Puma wrestling the same style as a Mil Muertes or, or Mil Muertes wrestling the same way as a Johnny Mundo. They're all different. Absolutely. I, I tell guys in seminars all the time, and this is case in point of, you know, why it would behoove a young wrestler or even a moderately advanced wrestler to, you know, take a course. Because if I don't know this, Dilo does. If Dilo doesn't know that, Jake does. If Jake doesn't know this, I do. And there's just a perpetual circle of these things. And, you know, what I would tell guys in seminars all the time is, you know, if you can do this cool move, awesome. I'm not, I'm not one of those old school guys that's against, you know, high spots or all this. I, I like wrestling. I'm a big, massive wrestling fan. I'm a huge mark for wrestling. I love this shit. Love it. But I think guys can get maximum entertainment value and safety for their own bodies and their own, you know, their own necks and knees and spines and so forth if they know what to do with stuff where. And certain guys, obviously, like certain styles, get a little faster, a little slower, a little funnier, a little scarier, a little more serious, a little more technical, what have you. But I think, do you want to be a guy that somebody saw do something cool, and now you're just a faceless wrestler? Ah, yeah, I went to the show, and I saw this guy do that thing. As opposed to, oh, I saw Ricochet do this quadruple of five billion degree spinny flippy thing, and it was freaking awesome, and it was Ricochet that did it. Right. Or it was Joey Ryan that ate that lollipop and stuck it in so-and-so's mouth right, right do you want to be joey ryan sticking a lollipop in so-and-so's mouth or do you want to be so-and-so yeah no, i agree and I, I think that's also the problem on the on the indie scene too is you have a lot of the wrestlers that do the same thing and you don't know how to tell them apart because they all do the same style and and they don't have anything that separates them from somebody from so-and-so from so-and-so and it's like you said you go to a lot of these shows you're like oh that's i saw so-and-so do this but you know while if you see like a brian cage you know, he's a big guy. He knows his style is completely different than, you know, for a big guy. Absolutely. And, and Brian Cade, he's such, he's such an anomaly because he fits in all these different equations. Like, he's one of those exceptions to the rule where he could wrestle big man. He could wrestle fast. He can wrestle funny. He can wrestle serious. You know, I think Pat Plan, he's one of the absolute greatest wrestlers today in any company, anywhere. And I don't say that because he's a friend of mine. I say that because that's what I truly think. Yeah. You know, there's certain guys that I think are just 
absolutely phenomenal. He is definitely one of them. But I think if you are not a lesser talent, but I think if you were just a talent in any shape or form, if you're going to be the funny guy, the scary guy, the scientific guy, the whatever, the whatever, it, it is cool and fun and interesting and entertaining to watch, you know, Kane versus Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle versus Kane. That's a triangle of three very different character people, three different sized people, three different experienced people. But yet those three guys have worked each other individually, collectively, and those matches are all awesome and believable. Like, how do you believe Ray giving up so much size to Red Machine or this Olympic champion? Right. And unless, you know, they are not just masters of their craft, you know? So pulling these different character elements, these different maneuver elements, like their high spots and their characters and their promos and their personas and their costuming and all these different things that create these brands, that is the, the recipe for good entertainment in wrestling, I think. Oh, I agree with you, I, and I agree with that that concept right there, where you have three different guys that they all they're all believable in their gimmick or character, and when you go see them wrestle, you're like, and you see like a Rey Mysterio against a Kane, you're like, man, how's he gonna, you know, be able to beat this guy? But it's the the psychology of the match; it, it just makes you believe, you know, what Rey can actually pull this off, or no, he's not gonna, pull, you know, Kane's gonna destroy him, et cetera, et cetera. One of my favorite matches, people laugh at me, but one of my favorite matches is Big Show and Rey Mysterio just because the, the two differences in that match. Well, it takes a lot of talent. Game. It takes a lot of talent to, to make a believable story when the, you know, the character elements are so stacked in polar opposites. You know, I mean, one's seven million feet tall and one is not, you right. know, and, and they're very different style. And I mean, both brilliant performers. And I mean, man, you know, uh, the inner kid in me, the inner child just wants to see, you know, it's like who gives a crap about Luke if Darth isn't on point as a heel and vice versa. What are you know, Spider-Man and Green Goblin, Batman and Joker, you know, who cares about one without the other? Like you need two. It wasn't for Roddy Piper and, and, and all that kind of stuff or Macho Man and Steamboat or what have you, you know, it takes, it takes two to tango. Yeah, it does. It's, and it's all, it's all storytelling. Storytelling, whether it's a funny show, a serious show, you know, a wrestling snob show, an old school wrestling style of show, a hardcore show, or whatever, it's essentially the same thing. You know, moderately different flavors and different stories, but you know, a movie is a movie. Is it good or is it bad? That's what it comes down to. Is it? Did you buy it? Did you not buy it? Yeah, and I, I agree because I, I always tell everybody that if it wasn't for you know, I go back to when John Cena was trying when they were turning on him little by little. And I said, you know, they threw Kurt Angle at him, but the fans didn't boo him. They threw Triple H at him, the fans didn't boo him. They threw, you know, I go out until Edge came out because Edge made you hate him so bad <laughs> with him and Lita that you had to boo him when he finally, you know, uh, beat Cena in that uh, Elimination Chamber or the Hell in a Cell. Well, yet, the- yet again, uh, case in point, Edge is just another master psychologist. I mean, right. he could make you hate him or love him. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a personal friend, so I'm, I'm going to, you know, look at him through rose-colored glasses. But again, as a performer, friend or not, he's freaking awesome. And yeah. it's such a shame to cut short, but I mean, you know, he is such a brilliant mind, you know, in, in everything. In life, he's one of the most you know, together guys that I know. He's one of the most intelligent and friendly and sweet people that I know. But in the ring, he was one of the most absolutely clever and creative people that I know. 
And even traveling, you know, in my my 15 minutes of fame or whatever you want to call it at WWE was like being in high school again with him, traveling around, hanging out, but at the same time on a professional level, just listening to his his own self-critique or, you know, he'd talk about his matches, what he liked, what he didn't like. He'd talk about my matches, what he liked, what he didn't like. You know, we rode the the roads up and down together and he would say, oh, try this or do this or I should have did this or I should have done that. And it was just such a learning experience. And that's, again, kind of coming back to the fantasy camp stuff, the seminar version of the camp, like the, the fantasy camp when it comes to the wrestlers that want to learn is because those devil in the details, those are the things that you are going to need and you don't even know you need until you are learned them. You know, like you might hear a lot of indie guys are in that terrible teen mode where they just, oh, I've been wrestling for two years. I know everything, you know, oh, yeah. you know I've been wrestling for seven years and I know, a, I know a, a crumb of what I should know. You know, so guys that have been wrestling for two years or three years or four years, as Paul Orndorff would say, and there's some wrestling history for all the youngins, he would say, you're green until you've got a thousand matches. <laughs> I like that saying. I really do. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there's, there's, there's knowledge to be had, knowledge you don't even know you need. Like, that's the, like, you what Jake has to offer until you hear him and those that little whispery voice comes through that big Tom Salick mustache and drops some heavy knowledge on you. And you're like, what the hell did he just say? That was crazy. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. You know, or when D'Lo and I, we agent at Paragon and uh, WCWC in Portland. And how did you think of this? How did you come up with that? You know, different ideas for these guys. I'm like, well, again, just to keep on quoting and throwing names down, those names is learning from Al Snow. I remember him barking at us back at OVW, at me and Sandow and Ziggler and Harry Smith and all these guys who were just fumbling around doing what we're doing. And mm -hmm. Al would yell at us and be like, I could wrestle as you better than you because I understand you better than you. And what that means is you have to understand the character that you're putting out there. And again, you know, the astronaut should wrestle different than the vampire, different than the lawyer, different than the gay Nazi, you know, like everybody should understand, Hey, if you're a vampire, bite some freaking necks. Yeah. If you're a caveman, you know, club the crap out of the guy and back rate that guy and headbutt that guy. And this and that, if you're a fucking trapeze artist, then you should be flying and flipping and flailing around. Right. You know, that's what I mean. Understand if you were funny, understand if you were sexy, understand if you were scary and try to, you know, create your, your own mythos within what that character should be. Right. If that makes any kind of a sense. Oh yeah. No, it so again, does. so going back to the camps, that's what this is for. I don't plan on teaching anybody how to do a proper hurricane runner. If you've already gone to a regular school, you can learn how to do that. You can learn how to you know, throw a clothesline or whatever. I'm going to show you, Dilo's going to show you, Jake's going to show you how to pull those little details out where people go, oh my God, he's really mad. Oh my God, he's really hurt. Oh my God, how'd they do this? Oh my God. You know, all those really little detail-y things that make a good movie versus a crappy B movie. You know, right. we want to give you the Oscar award-winning performance as opposed to the, you know, the BC movie. And that's how that goes. But the other purpose for fantasy slam is to give, you know, fans in a rock and roll fantasy camp, a football fantasy camp, but for pro wrestling. Right. So again, I'm, I was a kayfabe guy and I'm very respectful for the business, but learning how to morph with the times mm -hmm. figured like, why not let, let the fan behind the curtain a little bit and safely show them, you know, a little taste, not, we're not going to teach them how to wrestle perfectly overnight, but, if you're a lawyer, doctor, plumber, accountant, you know, and 
you've had that childhood dream itching and scratching in the back of your brain ever since your little guy, you know, or girl, this is the perfect place to come. And, you know, we will show you how to safely do this and that and the other. We'll take you through a three day camp. And on the third day, you will actually be in the ring and having a match with, you know, the headlining legend of that camp. And you have the bragging rights. I mean, you'll say, Hey man, I got arm dragged by Ricky Steamboat. I got DDT by Jake the snake. I came out spat blood and was part of the brood with, Gangrel, and you know, I got to chill in Chavo's lowrider. You know, I got to, you know, I got to punch Kevin Sullivan in the face. You know, I got to do all these different things. You know, you know. So that's what the that's what the fantasy camp, the fantasy slam version of the fantasy camp is all about. It's more of the fan experience. You know, it's it's a it's a high end ticket. It's a specialty thing. It's a vacation thing. It's you know, in Las Vegas where it's a destination city. It's a vacation city. This is for people that want to take a vacation and want to do something fun, whether it's, you know, you and your buddy or it's, uh, you know, a bunch of groomsmen or what have you. This is a place where, you know, people, they, you know, they want to go and live an experience. And that's exactly what we're going to give them. And then now let me ask you, so somebody like me, a store owner here, <laughs> uh -huh. I, I go, I, I attend for three days. And now do I pick who trains or do you get ev everybody kind of? gets involved like Chavo, steam ricky you jake okay how how it will work is delo and myself will be the on-site coaches we will run you through the three-day course we will kind of do all the heavy lifting so to speak we will we will endure the hits while you are figuring out how to do you know the moves safely you know not just for us but really more for the for the fantasy camper okay on the third day You know, the first two days will be prepping the person. And I mean, it will be chock full of lots of fun stuff. Right. I mean, I think as people know how I like to surprise people with Freak Show, this will be chock full of awesome things. Right. And then on the third day, once you've kind of been through two days of cliff note wrestling, mm -hmm. you know, and you are safe and you are comfortable, the third day will be spent uh, for the whole day in the ring with that headliner. So if you camp or the Gangrel camp or the Ricky Steamboat camp or what have you, On that third day, you'll be in the ring with them pretty much all day. And they will, you know, be instilling knowledge, telling you fun road stories, and working holes and showing you how to do these moves. And then eventually it will culminate into a match. You will have a match. We'll doll you up into a costume, you know. And again, in the, in, within the three days, not only will there be in-ring stuff, but there will be promo stuff and character development stuff. And it will be essentially, you know, a, a three-day wrestling career. Wow. I, I mean, that's... That sounds freaking awesome, I ain't kidding. Especially for somebody like me who, when I was younger, because I'm 39 now, but when I was in my 20s, I wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, but then, you know, there was no schools that I knew of around here. So I feel my time has come and gone. But something like this sounds really awesome. So at least I can have, like you said, a three-day, be a wrestler for three days. We just did uh, a video shoot, and we did sort of our – our tester initial fantasy camp with three, um, three fantasy campers. And I think they range in age from 35 to 54. Wow. There was a school teacher, an English teacher. There was a truck driver and a comedian. And the comedian is a big one. He is a big boy. Great, nice, jolly guy. I mean, he was carrying around some weight. Right. That'd be four or I mean, he's a big boy. And then the other guy was, you know, burlier truck driver. He was about, I think he was, 53 or 54. And then the school teacher was your average size guy, normal, you know, he was like, you know, just a normal size guy. 
you know, very timid, you know, he's a, school, he's a nice little timid, very polite, nice school teacher. So we took these three guys, all different shapes and sizes, different ages, different tastes of what they like in pro wrestling. And D'Lo and I ran them through, you know, what we were going to do. And then they got in the ring and wrestled around with Jake the Snake at, at the end of it. And, you know, there was DDTs and there was, there was uh, I won't say it was Damien, but, uh, but a, a snake of equal or greater than value did get to squirm on top of the guys and you know, it was it was funny, and everybody was kind of giggling, and these guys were nervous, and it was they were like little kids, you know. Right. Like we really turned these three grown men into little kids, and that was such a cool feeling. Like me and Dilo just looked at each other, like, man. Like to to instill that in somebody, I can't tell you how intoxicating that is. It is so so fulfilling to see you know you have any kind of little semblance of you know giving fodder for somebody's dream. Like it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to doing our, our first big, we're going to do our first big camp with Ricky Steamboat. And I mean, I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you might see me there. You might see me. I might finally make a trip down to Vegas. I might have to get in that ring and fulfill a fantasy there. Mark it off my bucket list. I'll finally be a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you know what? And some of the fantasy camps, you know, I think like, I don't, I don't want to like uh, say anything out of turn or incorrectly, but I think like, you know, to, play the, the the pro baseball fantasy camp that's in phoenix i think is like brand or something like that i know there's like hello that. and again it's a three-day experience in las vegas where you're not going to train in a dirty scary you know faucet dripping you know rocky balboa style gym like not like how you know, wrestlers of yesteryear trained, how I trained, how Jake trained, how D'Lo trained. You're going to come to a beautiful facility that is just awesome and cozy and gorgeous. You're going to be limoed from your hotel to the Fantasy Slam studio. It's going to be a really cool high-end experience. You're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to be kept safe. And the thing about that I can really say that I'm even more proud than being creative uh, with myself and with D'Lo and with Jake is we are so safe. I am very prideful of how safe and patient I can be in a wrestling ring. So I want people to, you know, realize that, Oh, wow, I'm going to do this. Am I going to do that? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you are going to have such level headed coaches. Like I'm a crazy clown when I'm on a wrestling show, I'm a lunatic when the bell rings and I'm getting paid to wrestle another person in front of hard paying public. Right. But, in a coaching capacity, I think I have a very Mrs. Doubtfire bedside manner. I think I'm very patient. I am very playful. I like to joke, and so does D'Lo, and so does Jake. And I think whoever comes in, whatever fantasy camper dares to live their dream, is going to really have a lot of fun, and they're going to walk away with a lot of great memories, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I might make a trip down there just, just for this, because it sounds really exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm smiling just hearing about it, because it's something that I think a lot of people – a lot of guys, especially like around my age, maybe even a little younger, just, you know, that was their dream as a kid. You know, I'm sure we all wrestled with our pillows and our wrestling buddies and all that. And absolutely, hear, absolutely. To hear what you're doing, it's like a dream come true, you know, like, you know, uh, just making somebody's dream, you know, mark it off their bucket list for them. It's, it's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, like, I, okay, um, not to get melancholy or anything, but, um, we were at WrestleMania, my girlfriend, um, about, you know, just, just before Roddy Piper had passed rest his soul. And we were just 
shooting the shit, having a fun conversation up in one of the boxes, like up on, on top and everything. And, uh, you know, looking down and watching the show and it was awesome. And we were just talking about this, that, and the other. And he was like, man, don't ever lose that passion, man. I love your attitude, kid. You know, he was always super duper, you know, he was a creature of passion. He is wherever he's floating around in the cosmos is a creature of passion. I am a creature of passion. And I was so, I was so flattered and so like, as my, as my mom would say, not to sound like a 65 year old lady, but I was tickled pink. You know, Roddy Piper realized how passionate I was and appreciated it. I was like, man, that was the coolest thing ever. You know, like I couldn't, I couldn't not stop thinking about that for days and days and days. And I really do look at pro wrestling and whether I'm on a, you know, a very serious wrestling show or on a crazy avant-garde wrestling show or on a PG wrestling show or on a, a you know, a 21 plus wrestling show. I truly, as hammy or whatever corny as this sounds, I truly believe it is every performer's responsibility, you know, be it a writer, rock star, actor, what have you. There should never be a point where you're too tired or too grumpy to not sign an autograph. There is, you know, there are hardworking people that are paying their money to come and see you, bring in their kids to see you, and it is your job to help. I get to dress in funny costumes and play fight for a living while there's waitresses out there supporting their kids. There's, you know, cancer researchers and there's doctors and there's cab drivers and there's, you know, every kind of real job that responsibility. I feel that it is our job as performers to put smiles on those people's faces. So whether you see me all in my war paint on a regular wrestling show or whether you're going to have me as a coach at fantasy slam, I think it is the most important thing to me as a performer and as a man, to know that I can engineer putting smiles on humans' faces. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. That's why when we do our meet and greets at the store, that's what I tell everybody. It's not about making money for me. It's mostly about trying to make it, make somebody's dream come true, those little kids that maybe, like this Saturday when we have Wade Barrett, he has fans and, you know, maybe they weren't able to afford a WWE access ticket to go, you know, meet Wade Barrett or maybe they want to see him. So I, I try to keep the cost low. And I try to give them the best experience possible so they think so that they can meet their favorite wrestler. And, and it's awesome to see, like you said, a kid smile or parents say like, oh, thank you. You know, you made their their day come, you know, their day. And that's the best thing in the world for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, that's just how, I mean, again, I don't know if that sounds corny to say, but that's how I think. And I'm confident enough as a man that I dare anybody to, you know, tell me that stupid to my face. I am happy to think like that and I will not be swayed otherwise. And on the business side of it, I, you know, of course I, I want to make money. I want to pay, you know, pay the bills. I want to put food on the table. You know, I've got people that depend on me. I've got animals and critters and beasties and, and girlfriends and parents and, you know, all the things that, you know, require money to sustain. Right. But at the same time, I want to do something that's going to be affordable, something that's doable. You know, I'm not going to say this is $5 million, I, you know, blah, 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 blah. I want people to be able to, you know, have a, a real chance at living their dreams. You know, I want you to go, oh, you know what? I can, I can save a couple bucks. I could do this as a vacation. Vegas would be a really great city to go do that too. Or, hey, I'm getting hitched. Uh, why don't I bring my groomsmen down and do this? This would be really, really cool. You know, I can, you know, I can special order boogeyman to come in and dump some worms on my, on the best man's, uh, you know, brains or something, you know, you know, all these things can happen at fantasy slam. That's why I'm so intrigued to be a part of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds fun. And now I, I think you just posted something up too, right? Where they can get married by Jake the Snake. 
That's totally true. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you want if you're a big wrestling fan and 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 or a big Jake the Snake fan, you can come to Las Vegas and you can get married right in a wrestling ring and again, in a beautiful facility, not in a sweaty, grimy dojo per se, but I mean in a beautiful facility with, you know, lights, cameras, action and the whole Vegas experience and it would pretty much like you're getting married on a snake pit. I mean, picture the picture the, the, the dry ice and Damien slithering around and this and that and the other. And do you, brother? Yeah, do you, sister? All right, brother, brother, brother. I uh, do declare you a uh, man and wife, brother, brother. You know, and that's how it's going to go. <laughs> you could be the best man, right? Damn, that's it. Maybe, yeah, maybe the DD, maybe the best man gets DDT'd. I don't know. I don't know. I guess, you know, it's really the customer. I guess they can't say that you can't say that the customer's not right. So if they want a DDT, they sign up for um, DDT marriage done. <laughs> you know what? We we have a couple min, uh, minutes left. I'm going to ask you. You've done SmackDown. You've done I, I you've done TNA. You, you've done, you've wrestled everywhere. You've done the Freak Show. You've done now. You're doing the Fantasy Slam Camp. Is there anything? I mean, I I know if I'm not mistaken, you've done a couple films. You've done some uh, comic books, some novels. Is there anything that Simbodi cannot do? Oh, I don't know. Uh, look normal, be clean cut. I don't know. Actually, I you know I, I fixed up pretty nicely in a suit. You know, with, with the with the uh, with the head tattoo and a, and a black suit, I kind of look like some kind of space hitman or something. But, uh, I don't know. I I, I want to do more movie stuff. I definitely want to go that route at some point. Um, I really enjoy the producing side of of Freak Show Wrestling. So I think. I think as a coach and doing more and more seminars and fantasy slams, I think that will take me where I want to go. Okay. So I will shamelessly say whatever promoters are out there and you want a very creative, very patient old school wrestler that is still young enough to hang with the young, young guys, high spots and all that stuff. I love coming to these different shows cause I like to perform. I love watching people's faces, you know, as they are cheering, yay and boo. You know, preach a little bit of seminar knowledge, tack an extra six months or a year on his career or two years or 10 years because I gave him a little bit of safe knowledge, a little bit of creative knowledge and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I love wrestling with new guys. I'm, I, it's, funny whenever I, I book with a promoter that i haven't worked with before they're like do you need to wrestle another road guy is there any weird stipulations you need i'm like no let me wrestle whoever the hell you want to you know have a good match with or, or give me somebody that you think is maybe on the cusp that needs that little fine tuning give me that guy give me a baby face give me a heel you know we'll do everything we need to do and we'll keep each other safe and we'll entertain the crap out of the fans and that's that and they're like, really? And I, I really try to be easy to, to work with. So people have, like, you're really easy going to work with. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm a crazy clown when I hear the bell ring. But, you know, when it comes to, I'm not dead or jail yet, you know. So I, I must have some semblance of being a decent person until I put my fuzzy animal wrestling boots on and my war paint on. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I, I love it. The fuzzy. i seen those fuzzy boots, by the way. I saw them at the fair when you guys came out there once. <laughs> That's it. My my left and my right, Hunter and Stephanie. <laughs> Is that what you really call them? That's what I call my boots, Hunter and Stephanie. Uh, we got to get you back on the podcast so we could discuss that a little bit more. 
<laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Well, you're you're only you're only four hours across the street, man. I know you're in L.A. and I'm here in in Sin City, so you know I would happy to happy to do it in person. Happy to do it over the uh, the magic speak and spell like we're doing right now. Yeah, we we definitely got to do it in person next time, and I got to get out there to Vegas. I, I I kid you not. Every time I'm gonna go out there, it seems like something happens, and I don't get to go out there. I, I'm 39. I haven't been to Vegas yet. People are probably laughing right now. Not believing it, but I'm well, dude. I, you, you can double whammy a, a nice little vacation shamelessly with Fantasy Slam or with Freak Show. I mean, yeah. just put it on Facebook. Everybody can do that. You know, you want to come and laugh and be crazy and have some drinks and watch some crazy stuff. Come to Freak Show Wrestling. Uh, the next one is Hell of the Spandex Gods, which is an homage to wrestling history because it's kicking off Cauliflower Alley weekend. Yeah, uh, or week rather. Yeah. So, so we will do some really fun homage to wrestling history. We fun of it we will laugh about it we will cry we will scream all sorts of fun stuff with it uh, on our, figure out that little extra magic to make your drop kick and your moonsault and your and you know the Jake Delo Simbodi seminar is the place to come and then to if you're again if you're a wrestling fan and you just always loved it and you missed your calling as a wrestler, well, Fantasy Slam is your chance. Yeah, don't make sure. And you can go on Facebook and get all the information, right? Uh, Facebook, I know it's uh, Freak Show Wrestling and also Fantasy Slam Camp. Yep. And it, yep, it's on Facebook, website. it's... it's Yeah, on, uh, okay, so the Facebook is uh, Freak Show Wrestling Official and Fantasy Slam is, uh, is just Fantasy Slam. So on Facebook, you can either see Freak Show Wrestling Official or you can go to Fantasy Slam, and the website is fantasyslamprowrestling.com. Well, there you go. Well, I want to thank you very much again for being on the show. I hope uh, thank it was you. fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> we got to get you back in person so we can talk about Hunter and Steph. <laughs> the, the shoes, the, 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 the fluffies, that is. Yes, yes. Well, me and Hunter and Stephanie all thank you for having me on The Wrestling Guy. Well, for all of us here at the Wrestling Guy Podcast, we're out of here. Sin, don't hang, don't hang up just quite yet. <laughs>